your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 316 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. And today, special Sunday edition of Locked On New York Rangers, we're going to be talking about everything that happened over these past two games, the two road games against the Washington Capitals. Of course, a really, really tough to swallow 2-1 to loss to the Capitals on Friday night, followed by a very gratifying 3-1 to win against the Capitals on Saturday. I thought it was very impressive the way the Rangers bounced back from what was obviously a very difficult, just total gut-punch loss on Friday night. Of course, the Rangers largely controlled that game. They were only up one nothing, and maybe part of the reason why they didn't win that game is not being able to finish a couple of uh, scoring chances down the stretch, particularly on the power play. Rangers got a couple chances on the man advantage, could not increase their lead, and of course, Leading one nothing against the Washington Capitals, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit. I thought the Rangers, really for the whole series, did a great job against Alex Ovechkin, but he nevertheless scores two goals in the final six minutes of Friday night's game, and they basically looked like replays. There was a situation where Georgiev had to move hard to his right in the crease, and on the first goal, he actually didn't have to make a save, but it looked like the puck... The puck was shot, and it looked like it hit Kuznetsov, fell basically right to Alex Ovechkin's feet in the crease, and of course, he stuffs at home. And then the second one, and again, it looked very similar. It was a little bit different, but it basically looked like a replay. This time, Georgiev moves to his right. He actually makes the save, but once again, the puck falls right to the crease, right at Alex Ovechkin's feet, and he puts it into the net. Two of the easiest goals he will ever score out of the 700 and whatever he's up to at this point. Uh, but yeah, just, just a really tough loss for the Rangers, but an equally impressive bounce-back performance on Saturday. Once again, I mean, these were both just tough, grinded-out games. You think there's going to be a lot of scoring chances. You think it's the Washington Capitals. There's going to be a lot of goals. You're going to have to just try to go goal for goal with them. And instead, these games took on really just an entirely different feel. And the Rangers, now, after the, splitting this uh, road series against the Capitals here, they are 3-1 and one against the Capitals this season, and the Capitals in those four games have scored a grand total of just six goals, and this despite the fact that they've faced three different goalies from the Rangers, Kincaid, Georgiev, and of course Igor Shesterkin. And something else I wanted to mention about this uh, this road series against the Capitals over the weekend here, I thought that uh, all four goalies were fantastic throughout this series, both the Ranger goalies, both the Capital goalies. Vanacek and Samsonov made some really impressive saves for the Capitals. Really, Vanacek stole that game uh, for the Capitals on Friday night. He kept them in it. The Rangers had some chances to build on their one nothing lead. It was not meant to be. And then, of course, as we just talked about, Alex Ovechkin with a couple of stuffing goals to kind of steal that game for the Capitals. Uh, Samsonov was very good yesterday as well. It's kind of a similar deal where the Rangers were up one nothing, could not build on that lead. The Capitals end up tying it, but then the Rangers take care of business. Mika Zibanejad with a fantastic play to give the Rangers the win in that game. And as for the Ranger guys, I mean, Alex Georgiev, you know, I, I think it's safe to say he's back at this point. He went through a really tough stretch there. And he, of course, he had those two games that he was pulled from. He bounced back with a 
great shutout win against the Flyers. I mean, I know the Rangers kind of made it easy for him. The Flyers didn't get a ton of chances, but be that as it may, Georgiev still came up with a 26-save shutout and also had a save of the year candidate in that win against the Flyers, that 9 to nothing win. And then again, he played uh, very, very well in that, in that Friday night game against the Capitals. I mean, Goals that he gave up in that game, and again, he only gave up the two goals. They were down the stretch. Alex Ovechkin scored both of them. It was weird because it kind of seemed like on both plays, and I hesitate to even say this, but it almost looked like he overcommitted a little bit. But at the same time, you know, he's moving hard to his right. He's got to make the save. Unfortunately, uh, again, you know, the puck just bounced to the worst possible place in both instances, right to the feet of Alex Ovechkin, who was positioned in the crease. And at that point, it's just a formality. He's going to score, and there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. But I think Alex Georgiev, fair to say he's back. He's Bounced back with two very strong performances after getting pulled out of, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he got pulled out of four or five straight games, but he was pulled out of two straight games. That's got to do some damage to your confidence. That's got to be, uh, that's got to be tough to swallow if you're Alex Georgiev, but he's come back uh, very strong in these last couple of games here. Hard luck loser in this most recent game. And of course, uh, the shutout win against the Flyers. And then Keith Kincaid. I mean, what else can you say about this guy? You know, overall, uh, you got to be happy with what we've gotten from Keith Kincaid if you are a fan of the New York Rangers. I mean, there's really no other way to say this. His career was basically down in the dumps. It really went south for him in New Jersey. He played six games with the Canadians last season, ends up getting waived, and uh, clears waivers, gets sent to the AHL. And I know Kincaid had a really rough game against the Flyers, but for the most part, uh, he's keeping the Rangers in these games. And really, I don't think you can really ask for a whole lot more from a number three goalie. And if you just want to go by his stats really quick, and again, I mean, this is a very small sample size, but it's impressive nonetheless. Again, keep in mind, this is the Rangers' number three goalie. He has appeared in six games for the Rangers, started four of them. He has a record of 2-1-1, one, and one, but most impressive, uh, the goals against average, 2.07 and a save percentage of 9.18. And of course, the one shutout and really doing a nice job last night. Made a couple of tough saves in this game. I thought the Capitals in the first period of the second game really kind of had to jump on the Rangers and he passed with flying colors. He kept them in the game, did not allow the Capitals to take the lead at any point and made a couple of tough saves down the stretch as well. But we're just scratching the surface here. We got two full games to cover, and, you know, I'm not going to go period by period because that's just too much, but we're just going to basically talk about some of the uh, the bigger talking points to come out of each of these games. It's unfortunate that the Rangers weren't able to win both of them because it felt like they almost deserved to. Again, Vanacek kind of stole the first game for the Capitals, and the Rangers were fantastic in that game for about 53, 54 minutes, and then uh, just kind of went south in the last few minutes there. But the Rangers easily could have come away uh, having swept both of these games. But either way, I, I know they didn't get the sweep. I know they only got two out of a possible four points. But I think if you're a Ranger fan, you got to be feeling very, very good about what you saw from this team overall in these two games. And we're going to continue talking about all that in just a second here. Get all the sports news you need in under 10 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that makes the Ranger performance all the more impressive over these last couple of days, and it's something that I think we're aware of, but the Capitals are just a really good team. I think, like I said, we're all aware of that, but they were absolutely on fire coming into this weekend uh, doubleheader, if you will, against the New York Rangers. They entered the first of these two games having won six in a row and nine out of ten, and so, of course, by beating the Rangers on Friday, they run that streak to seven in a row and ten out of eleven, and the Rangers finally deal them a loss on Saturday. They absolutely earned it. One of the things that I was looking forward to, well, two things really. One of them we already talked about. It was what was what could Alex Georgiev do 
for an encore, and as we all know, he's played very well recently. He gave the Rangers a chance to win on Friday night. Alas, it was not meant to be, but the other thing that was obviously going to be big, what could Mika Zibanejad do for an encore? Because he just had that absolutely unreal performance against the Flyers in the 9-0 victory. He has six points, all of them come in the second period. The natural hat trick, the natural assist trick, or whatever it's called when a player assists on three consecutive goals. I think natural assist trick works, but Bottom line, we we're all hoping, keeping our fingers crossed, that that is going to be the game that really gets Mika Zibanejad going. He's going to take off. He's going to be the player that he was last season, or at least very close to that, in the same ballpark somewhere. And of course, you know, the first game against the Capitals, very tightly contested game. I mean, they both were, but not a lot of goals being scored either way. Uh, the lone goal in that game actually belonged to Artemi Panarin. But then in the second game here, Mika Zibanejad has a hand in the only goal to be scored in the first two periods. It was a goal scored by Pavel Buchnevich. Mika won an offensive zone faceoff. And we've talked about the importance of faceoffs, how I believe it really is an underrated stat in this league and how it's just magnified when you get to the playoffs. Obviously, this isn't the playoffs, but when you get there, it's big. It really is big, and it's something that's been an Achilles heel for the Rangers for the last couple of seasons here. But Mika comes up big with an offensive zone draw uh, win late in the first period and gets it back to Adam Fox. Adam Fox skates in along the boards on the right side there and then just dishes in front to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich scores a tipping goal to give the Rangers the lead, like we said, with just two minutes and 11 seconds left in the first period there. So nice to see Mika Zibanejad get on the score sheet there. I mean, on one hand, you could say like, oh, well, it's just a secondary assist. You know what? It doesn't happen if he doesn't win that faceoff in the offensive zone there. And then later in the game, this is what we all want to talk about, the, the play of the night and the play of Mika Zibanejad's season thus far. And we could talk about that six-point performance from now until whenever. I'm sure we will talk about it. I'm sure at the end of the season when I'm talking about some of the Rangers' best moments of the season, the best individual performances, the best wins of the season, I'm sure that game's going to come up. And we're going to talk quite a bit about Mika Zibanejad's performance in that game. But as far as just the most important play, the best play that he's made all season, that happened with about two and a half minutes left in the third period in this game. Now, the Rangers, keep in mind, they were up one nothing in this game for a large chunk of the game, just like they were in the previous game, the Friday night game against the Capitals, which is a game that they ultimately lost. But in this game, you know, you get a goal from John Carlson about five or six minutes into the third period there, so it's tied at one. We have, you know, a tense, again, tightly contested defensive hockey game. But Mika Zibanejad made this happen all on his own. So Dylan has the puck for the Capitals, and Mika goes in aggressively on the forecheck. He basically, he's all over Dylan. He knocks him down to the ice, takes the puck away, and then he's at a little bit of a tough angle, but he doesn't care. He goes short side and sneaks the puck between, uh, who was it, Samsonov's shoulder and the near post and scores. Just a great goal by Mika Zibanejad, a great individual effort there. And again, one of the, not even one of, it was the biggest play that Mika Zibanejad has made all season because Think about where the Rangers' heads would be if they came up short in this game and they lost again in regulation. Now you've played the Washington Capitals really tough two days in a row in their building. You've probably been the better team on the ice overall in both games. The funny thing is I think the Rangers probably were the better team in both games, but I thought it was by a, a greater margin on Friday night. I thought Saturday's game was actually a little bit closer as far as you know who deserves to win this, who's had the better play for most of the night. But the bottom line is you know the Capitals... We could say they probably stole one on Friday. Maybe you could even argue that the Rangers stole this one. But turnabout's fair play. Uh, I think the Rangers definitely were deserving of two points here. And like we said, just a fantastic individual performance, uh, individual play by Mika Zibanejad there. Knocking his man to the ice, taking the puck, and just single-handedly giving the Rangers the lead late in the third period there. So just a great play. And Mika Zibanejad, like we said, it looks like he's finally starting to turn the corner here, finally starting to get it rolling. And 
as Ranger fans, we can only keep our fingers crossed that that indeed continues to be the case. I wanted to also talk a little bit about some of the lineup decisions that the Rangers made over these uh, these two games here. And in fact, the lineup was exactly the same for both, both nights. The only difference, obviously, is that Georgiev started the first one, Kincaid started the second one. But of course, the Rangers sticking with Julian Gauthier as a healthy scratch. He's now been a healthy scratch for three consecutive games, and Brett Howden's been back in the lineup for all of those games. Hey, you know what? Brett Howden's on fire right now. Look at this. A goal and two assists in his last four games. Um, but, you know, I think Gauthier kind of sealed his own fate when he took a total of eight penalty minutes in one game. Uh, that was not good. It was also a game, that was a game against the Flyers as well, where Gauthier scored a goal on a breakaway. But again, you know, Gauthier, I've talked about this before too. I feel like he's always kind of had an uphill battle uh, when it comes to David Quinn. I just don't know that he's ever been a true David Quinn kind of guy. And, you know, you give Quinn a reason. You take eight penalty minutes in a game, you're probably not going to be starting the next game. And unfortunately for Gauthier, the Rangers have played very well over these last three games. So they're not going to mess with the lineup. They're not going to put him back out there. And, um, you know, Brett Howden, we got to talk about this as well. He ends up scoring an empty net goal. And it's easy to kind of, you know, make jokes about it. I mean, you go on social media, you'll see these jokes being made left and right. But how, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's the only way Brett Howden's ever going to score a goal if the goal's empty. Well, yeah, okay, fine. But at this point, I think if you're Brett Howden, you'll take it any way you can get it. And let's look at the positives here because we've all been tough on Brett Howden, and I 100% include myself in that group as well. But the bottom line is he's out there protecting a one-goal lead for the Rangers with, you know, a minute and a half left, a minute left. And by the time he scored this goal here, there were only 28 seconds left in the game. So the Rangers, they still do like him as a defensive forward. Uh, we've talked about how he has been a big part of the penalty kill. The penalty kill for the Rangers uh, going into this game was third in the league, and it was nice to see him score this goal here. It just looked like the weight of the world fell off his shoulders, empty netter or not. And a great job by Ryan Strom, too, because the Rangers were, you know, they got the puck away from the Capitals. Strom enters the capital zone. He's kind of up the left wing and Strom could have pretty easily just kind of uh, charged toward the net and uh, put the puck in himself, but he wanted to be selfless. I don't know. He probably realized it was Brett Howden. He probably thinking, man, this guy needs a goal. So he dishes to Howden and Howden's got a capital kind of breathing down his neck, but uh, it was a pretty easy goal at that point. Howden just basically had to keep skating forward and just allow the puck to slide into the net, and that's what he did. So you got to feel good for Brad Howden there. I think certainly his teammates felt good for him. A lot of guys went up to him on the bench because the bench had gave him a hug, and, uh, you know, again, Howden looked like the weight of the world had fallen off his shoulders at this point. And, look, I'm not going to put him in the all-star game just because he had an empty net goal here, but, again, I, I think it's okay to feel good for Brad Howden after he finally uh, scores his first goal in more than a calendar year. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that's kind of an ongoing theme for the Rangers right now, and again, what has just been a crazy season, a lot of peaks and valleys so far this year, but Chris Knobloch, of course, is still the acting head coach for the New York Rangers, and you've got Gordon Murphy and Chris Drury acting as assistant coaches for the time being, and it was also announced before this game that it sounds like that's going to continue to be the case for at least the next three games. Chris Knobloch is going to continue to coach this team. Again, David Quinn and the other coaches placed on the COVID list for the Rangers, and so, yeah, for it was announced before the second of these two games that Knobloch was going to continue to be the coach for at least the next three games. So at this point, it's at least the next two games. And I mean, it's been a pretty seamless transition. I think something that definitely helps. First of all, uh, there's a lot of reports that Knobloch and Quinn are basically in constant communication. It sounds like Knobloch is just doing his best to coach the team the same way that David Quinn would, just kind of carry out his wishes. And Knobloch also uh, runs the same system with the Wolfpack that Quinn runs with the Rangers. So that obviously makes a lot of sense to me. I, I don't think it would really make a lot of sense from an organizational perspective if you've got, you know, the AHL coach and the NHL coach running two radically different systems because every player that comes up from the AHL, you got to learn a whole new style of play as soon as you get there. Uh, that wouldn't make any sense. But it sounds like it's been uh, a very collaborative effort. It's been a pretty seamless transition here. And so far, so good. The Rangers 2-1 uh, and one in the uh, Knobloch era, if you will. Again, he doesn't really get credit for these these wins and these losses because he's the acting head coach as opposed to the interim head coach. So they don't go on his record. But either way, you know, the Rangers have played uh, three really solid games, three really good games under Chris Knobloch, Gordon Murphy, and Chris Jury. Something else that I've been dying to get to here ever since I hit the record button today is the hit that Ryan Lindgren put on Alex Ovechkin in open ice in the first of the two meetings. And it's funny because, you know, this was as clean as it gets. It was it was shoulder to chest. Lindgren completely laid out Ovechkin. He wasn't taking advantage of a defenseless uh, hockey player or anything like that. And Ovechkin plays a very physical game himself. I mean, he, he gives as good as he gets. He gives better than he gets on most nights. And so, you know, Lindgren, it's a clean hit. Ovechkin's up the center of the ice. Lindgren closes on him, puts his shoulder right into his chest, knocks him down to the ice. And it's funny, as Ovechkin was falling, he actually kind of bounced off of Colin Blackwell. Blackwell was there, too. But then you've got Capitals who are looking to basically attack Ryan Lindgren or jawing at him. And it's like, dude, this is a clean hit. And even Alex Ovechkin said as much after the game. He was asked about it, and he had a very short answer. He basically just said, yeah, it's a good hit. That's hockey. And I agree. I don't see any good reason why just because you put a big hit on a star player, you should suddenly be having to defend yourself against the entire Capitals team or the entire whatever team, whichever two teams this might happen between. Also, a big congratulations to Brennan Smith playing in his 500th NHL game on Friday and then his 501st game on Saturday. It is his 10th year in the league. And look, I know Brennan Smith has kind of had a little bit of an up and down tenure during all these years that he spent with the Rangers. This is his 
fifth year. Of course, he came over in the middle of a season in a trade with the Detroit Red Wings. When this season ends, he will have played four and a half total seasons with the New York Rangers. He's an impending free agent. We'll see how the Rangers look to handle it. He could very well be on his way. He's somebody that maybe even the Rangers would think about trading at the trade deadline. We'll look to see how it goes, but I do have to say, you know, again, for somebody who's had a little bit of an up-and-down tenure, 500 games is nothing to sneeze at. It is his 10th season in the league. He's got to be doing something right to have stuck in the league for as long as he has. And something else that I thought of, you know, when they were talking about Brandon Seth playing his 500th game and you're looking at this Ranger lineup and you think about all the defensemen that have been in and out of the lineup for the Rangers this season, I think for the first time all season, you know, watching these games, it really feels like these are the six defensemen that are in the lineup to stay. The Rangers aren't going to really do much tinkering and toying with the blue line going forward. I really don't think they're going to. I think they have found the six defensemen that they are going to roll with probably for the rest of the season. And of course, Brendan Smith, still something of a candidate to be moved at the trade deadline. We'll look to see how they play it. And who knows, maybe they don't trade him. Maybe he plays out his contract with the Rangers, and maybe the Rangers bring him back on a one-year team-friendly deal next season. I think it's certainly possible. He's not going to get the same kind of money that he's been getting over these last four years from the Rangers. But yeah, to bring him back as a veteran, kind of the elder statesman of the blue line, I don't think it would be a terrible move. Um, I do have a little bit of hesitance toward it just because I think that the Rangers sooner or later are going to want to give guys like Tarmo Rayunin in a chance. Maybe somebody like Igor Rykov is in the mix. Nils Lundqvist could eventually be over here. There's a lot of young defensemen who could be on the way for the Rangers, and I don't know how much longer they're going to want to have Brennan Smith kind of in the way there. Although, of course, you know, if that becomes a problem, if Brennan Smith, if his play begins to slip at a certain point, you could always make him a healthy scratch. I mean, they've done that a couple of times this season, and you can get somebody like Rayuninen or Rykov or Lundqvist into the mix there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for right now, yeah, I think going forward, this is the first time all season where I felt like the top six defensemen are firmly entrenched in the lineup. Obviously, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, Ke'Andre Miller. I think all four of those guys at this point, they're going to be out there every single night. And then beyond that, Libor Hayek has played a lot better this year than he did last year. I think the Rangers have to feel pretty good about what they've seen from him. I think that's his job to lose at this point. I don't think anybody's going to take it away. He would have to play himself out of it. And kind of the same thing for Brennan Smith. I mean, he's a physical player. And if you watch this game, he actually uh, kind of stood up to Tom Wilson a little bit, the second game, the Saturday game. Of course, Tom Wilson was suspended for seven games for an illegal hit. Surprise, surprise. But he made his return to the Capitals lineup on Saturday. And there was a play early in the game. Uh, Hayek and Wilson kind of got tangled up uh, behind the Ranger net. Both their momentum was taking them behind the net. The whistle blew, and Wilson kind of fell awkwardly to the ice. And then Brennan Smith was kind of standing over him. And I don't know, maybe Smith said something to him. Uh, maybe Wilson didn't like that, that Smith was standing over him. I don't know. But Wilson, from kind of a seated position on the ice, almost like threw a punch at Smith's leg, which is kind of a weird and borderline dumb thing to do. I mean, do you really want to pick a fight with somebody when they're standing up and you're laying down on the ice? But whatever. I mean, it happened and, you know, all the players come together and a little bit of pushing and shoving. And then Smith and Wilson are kind of in each other's face. There was a linesman between them. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, nice job. It's it's par for the course for Brandon Smith is basically what I'm trying to say because this is somebody who looks out for his teammates out there and uh, just kind of become one of the grizzled veterans on this Ranger team. By far the uh, oldest defenseman that's in the lineup for the Rangers on a nightly basis. Uh, Jack Johnson is a little bit older, but we're going to talk about this in a minute too. But he underwent uh, sports hernia surgery and definitely looking like he's going to be out for the season. That's another reason why I'm comfortable saying I think these are the six defensemen that the Rangers are going to look to roll with going forward. 
I mean, you can't say for sure. Maybe Tarmo Reunion gets another game at a certain point. Maybe Anthony Potato gets it back out there at a certain point later this season. I think if the Rangers, if they were to fall out of the playoff chase, then I think you could definitely make the case for Tarmo Reunion being in there over Brandon Smith down the stretch. That's assuming, again, that Brandon Smith is still a Ranger past the trade deadline. But for the time being, I think the six Ranger defensemen that you've been seeing these last few games, these are the six guys that have kind of staked their claim to being in the lineup night in and night out, and I think it's going to be the same six guys for the foreseeable future. Now watch, I'll say that, and then they'll shake things up the very next game. But one other thing that I want to talk about later, but we might as well just do it right now. Jack Johnson, like we talked about, he is out of the lineup. He undergoes surgery, and it sounds like he's not going to be fully recovered until about June, and so that puts you past the end of the season. Uh, Jack Johnson, look, it was... Not a signing that I think a lot of Ranger fans were necessarily all that excited about when it happened. I don't think that I was as upset about it as a lot of other people were, simply because it was only a one-year deal worth $1.1 million, and it's not like the Rangers were pinning the entire hopes and dreams of the Ranger franchise on Jack Johnson and on this signing. But yeah, I mean, I was among the many Ranger fans that was kind of like, Jack Johnson, why Why are we doing this? But I think overall, as the season went on, he got off to a really rough start, with the Rangers, and I think he got better and better. He was playing physical toward the end. Sounds like he was playing through some pain toward the end of what looks to be the end of his Ranger tenure here. I think you got to give him some credit for uh, you know kind of settling down a little bit and at least not being a liability for the Rangers as he was early in the season. He played better down the stretch and brought some physicality to the table on most nights, and by all accounts was somebody that seemed to be pretty well-liked in the locker room as well. So it's unfortunate that Jack Johnson doesn't get to uh, see it through to the end with this first season that he's playing with the New York Rangers. Again, if he was healthy, he's somebody that I could also see being moved at the trade deadline to kind of open up a spot for somebody else, one of these young defensemen, especially when you consider that it looked like he had fallen behind Brandon Smith in the pecking order. He had fallen behind Libor Hayek on, in the pecking order. Most nights he was probably going to be a healthy scratch. But be that as it may, yeah, it's it's unfortunate to lose anybody for the season, and Jack Johnson is no exception. I, I realize, again, he may not have been a huge part of this Ranger team going forward down the stretch, but I think the effort was there on most nights, and I think the physicality was there on most nights. Rangers, of course, going to be back in action Monday night at Madison Square Garden playing host to the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres have lost 13 games in a row. One or two of those might be in overtime, but honestly, who cares? It's 13 straight losses. It's a team that has just been awful this season. I don't think there's really any other way to say it, but if you're the Rangers, you really got to take this game seriously. I don't care how long this losing streak is. There are no easy games in this league, and the Rangers can't just assume that, well, you know what? We went toe-to-toe with the Washington Capitals for six periods. We were the better team for those six periods, so this is going to be easy. We can just coast to a win. No, you can't think that way if you're the Rangers. You got to come out. You got to bring it. You got to... uh Basically, just kill the Sabres' spirits early in this game. Get an early lead and get the Sabres thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Because, you know, there's part of me that almost wishes that the losing streak wasn't this long. I wish they would have snapped this losing streak in the last couple of days because, you know, sooner or later, they got to win one. But let's just make sure that doesn't happen on Monday night. Like we said, the Rangers got to come out. They got to take care of business. They got to get two points off of this Buffalo Sabres team. No starting goalie announced for the Rangers or the Sabres, for that matter, as of yet. We will keep our eye on that. I mean, really, for the Rangers, when you think about it, it could be any of the three. We know that Igor Shesterkin still considered day-to-day, supposedly uh, nearing a return. In fact, Knobloch didn't even rule out Igor for this most recent game against the Capitals. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you can make a case for really any of the three being in net on Monday night. But 
again, no matter what happens, the Rangers got to come away with two points here. Preferably a nice uh, blowout win would, would be fantastic, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.